Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We wrap up the week here on Listen App. Hope everybody is doing well. NBA tonight, how would you get to it? I mean, the winner of this game tonight between New Orleans and the L.A. Clippers gets to the playoffs, and Paul George of the Clippers tests positive, and he can't play tonight. In a single elimination game, your best player is knocked out by COVID. How about that? Brutal. I mean, you want to talk about a big blow to a basketball team. This opens up the door for the Pelicans to sneak into the playoffs uh, as a ninth seed with a record of 36 and 46. Meanwhile, you got Atlanta and Cleveland. Uh, that ball game starts at 4.30 Eastern. And then, of course, 7 o'clock, or excuse me, 4.30 Pacific. Then 7 o'clock Pacific, you got New Orleans uh, and the L.A. Clippers. All right. You got baseball going on. You've got uh, golf as it's the week after the Masters, which means that nobody really pays attention, which is a shame because it's the RBC Heritage at Hilton Head Island, which is a gorgeous golf course. The Harbortown Golf Links is a beautiful golf course. It's phenomenal. Uh, Patrick Cantlay today fired a, a 66, and he has a one-stroke lead over Robert Streb uh, at seven under par. Uh, it's a beautiful track, though. Beautiful golf course. But anyway, uh, you know the routine. If you want to get in on the program, you raise your hand, you hit your hand icon, and we will do it. More injury news, or not that Paul George is an injury, but he's going to miss the play-in game. Luka Doncic is out for game one tomorrow against the Jazz. And you want to talk about a devastating blow to a franchise with a calf strain. Now, I'm not a doctor. Uh, I personally feel that this is going to plague him for the entire playoffs. I, I, I just don't see how it's not. I hope I'm wrong. I really do. Uh, I hope I'm wrong. But he is going to miss game one. And that gives the Jazz a great opportunity uh, to steal home court right out of the get-go. All right? Now, conversely, if the Mavs were able to win without Luka, that does not bode well for the Utah Jazz. I mean, you could not be in a better situation than the Jazz. They have it exactly where they want. Again, game one in Dallas tomorrow, game two on Monday, and then they play game three Thursday and game four on Saturday. So the question is, when will Luka be back for the Dallas Mavericks? I mean, you could not ask 
to start the playoffs any worse if you're the Dallas Mavericks. Just can't. Then you got Monday back in Dallas. All right. And then Thursday, if necessary, in Utah. I'm telling you, if you were looking at this from a Mavericks perspective, you got to be very nervous right now. You got to be very nervous indeed uh, not to have Luka Doncic for game one tomorrow. So if you want to talk about that, we'll do so. Raise your hand. Hit your hand icon. Single elimination games tonight. Atlanta, Cleveland, New Orleans, and the L.A. Clippers. All right. The other news around the NBA is, uh, and again, this is minor. You know, the Phoenix Suns, to me, have the table set very well. All right. Landry Shamit missed uh, practice today. They're playing either the Clippers or the Pelicans. I don't think there's any problem for the Phoenix Suns uh, to advance. Uh, Steph Curry looks like he's a go uh, for the Golden State Warriors. So, you know, a little bit of NBA news, but I'm telling you, if you are the Dallas Mavericks and now the LA Clippers in a single elimination game, uh, you got to be extremely apprehensive, very nervous if you're a fan of the Dallas Mavericks. I mean, you come this far, right? And you get to this point and you're not going to have your very best player. So Luke is out tomorrow. Steph Curry has been upgraded to probable which means he's going to play. There's no question that he's going to play. All right. He will definitely be on the floor uh, for the Golden State Warriors. So we got that. We got baseball, a little NFL, anything else that's going on. You know the routine. Just raise your hand and we'll put you up on stage and then you'll be on with me. All right. Let's start it off with Jerry. Hey, Jerry. Good afternoon. How are you today, sir? Hey, Grant. Happy Friday, my friend. Hey, uh, let me ask Same you a question. You. Uh, why? are the NBA playoff games, why are they so spread out? I mean, I understand it's about money, Grant, but, I mean, these kids, they're in their 20s. I mean, what will it kill them to play back-to-back games? Seriously. Well, you know, to be honest with you, like I was just going over the Dallas-Utah schedule. It's pretty much a day off in between games, which is not spread out. A lot of times they're much more spread out than that. Rarely will you have a back-to-back in the NBA playoffs, uh, especially for all the teams – other than the play in tournament teams have had a whole week off. So, you know, fatigue and everything else should not be a factor. But again, I just went over the schedule for the Jazz and the Mavs. You know, they play tomorrow, they play Monday, then they play Thursday, and right. they play Saturday, they play Monday. So, you know, that's not that spread out. I haven't looked at all of the other series. For instance, um, you know, if you want to look at Toronto and Philadelphia, they play on Sunday. And let's see when they play again. Let's see. Toronto plays Philadelphia tomorrow, and then they play again on Monday. Let's see. Denver Golden State plays tomorrow, and then they play Monday. I don't know. I don't think they're as spread out as they normally are, but I understand. I mean, why can't you play back-to-back sometimes in the playoffs? But I don't think the league's ever going to do that. I really don't see that happening. And, Grant, one more thing about the Mavericks and uh, Luka Doncic. Uh, do, yep. you, do you think he could possibly miss the whole first round? I will say this. I can only go by the history of calf strains. You're a basketball player, which means you are on your toes a lot, which puts pressure on your calf. A strained calf can go on for weeks and weeks and weeks. Now, I don't know what the severity is. I'm not going to be Dr. Napier here, but I would say (laughs) that a, a calf strain is something that you cannot be messing around with. And here's the other deal. It's not like you can gut through it. You know, you can like take a shot and you know no with a calf strain it's you can't play if, if, if it's just 
there's not it, it handcuffs you from your legs. You can't do much. Your calf strain is brutal. Thank you, Grant. Have a great show, okay? Have a good weekend, buddy. Take it easy. If you anyone that's had a calf strain knows that you can barely walk with a calf strain. You can barely walk. A calf strain is bad news. It really is. Now, again, I don't know the severity, but playing basketball and jumping and doing what you have to do uh, is not conducive to any type of, I guess, normalcy in terms of rehabbing from a calf strain. Like if you're rehabbing from a calf strain, the doctor wouldn't tell you, hey, go out and play a game and pick up basketball. You know, that's not exactly what they would they would say, hey, don't be doing too much. Don't walk up and down stairs. Don't be going, you know, doing anything. Just lay down. Take it easy. You have a calf strain. They're not telling you to go out and play basketball. So I don't know. Again, I don't know the severity of it, but I would not be very optimistic. You know, if the Jazz win tomorrow, that would be. I mean, that puts Dallas behind the eight ball before the series really even gets going. I mean, it really does. So if you're looking at this from a Mavericks perspective, Luca's never been out of the first round. And if he's unable to play for a game or two or three, and again, I, I'm, I'm going to stop right there. I don't know if Dallas can win this series. I really don't. Matter of fact, I don't think they could win this series, uh, even though the Jazz have been very Jekyll and Hyde, very up and down. I don't see it. Uh, I really don't see it. All right. If you want to come on the program today, again, hit your hand icon, raise your hand, uh, and we will get you right on. Good conversation yesterday here on Listen App. We're looking to follow it up again today. Uh, baseball, all right, if you are following the uh, weekend here in the second week of the season, uh, the Mets today beat the Diamondbacks by the score of 10-3. to 3. Uh, Minnesota won in Boston 8-4. to 4. Those were the only uh, matinee games. You got Washington and Pittsburgh, Philly, Miami. Uh, the Yankees are in Baltimore. Oakland travels to Toronto. Cleveland hosts San Francisco. Tampa is at the White Sox. You got Tech. St. Louis at Milwaukee. Colorado hosts Chicago. Atlanta is in San Diego, Houston, Seattle, and Cincinnati and the L.A. Dodgers. So there's your schedule. Again, I want to hear from you. Get on with your hand icon. And we will put you uh, right on. You know, I'm, I'm looking at, we, we always talk about this. You know, it takes, I think, 40 games or so to get a really good read on a major league schedule. All right. It gets, it, it really does. You look at like the A's, okay? They're off to a good start. They just took three or four from Tampa. Tampa, by the way, is four and three. So they're a good team. The A's are, off to a good start at four and three, and everyone's bitching and complaining because they traded everyone. And again, I understand it's only seven games. All right, the Mets are off to a very good start at six and two. And then you look at the West and look at the records of all the teams in the West with the exception of the Diamondbacks. The Rockies, the Dodgers, and the Giants are all four and two. The Padres are five and three. And we knew that division is going to be tough. And all those teams, with the exception of the Diamondbacks, uh, are off to a good start. Now, I don't think the Rockies will be there, but the Dodgers, the Giants, and the Padres, you know, I think they all have pretty good clubs. I don't think the Giants are going to be as good as last year, but it's just kind of interesting to see early on. And again, I think you need good 40 games to get a real good read 
Uh, but boy, the Mets are off to a very, very good start. Uh, Cleveland, Chicago, four and two, and uh, the Astros and the A's with four wins each uh, in the American League West. So again, we got that uh, NFL draft coming up in two weeks. Uh, I had Chris Landry on my podcast today talking a little bit about the NFL draft, talking about uh, Garoppolo. We talked about Baker Mayfield and about what the 49ers will probably do in all likelihood. Who's going to be the number one pick in the draft? It is all over the board. There is not a consensus number one pick. There just isn't right now. There is not a consensus number one pick. What does your team need? I know what my team needs, the Giants. They need about uh, 11 players on offense and 11 players on defense. That's what they need. But seriously, like for instance, if you're zeroing in on San Francisco for say, all right? So you look at the Niners and because of the Trey Lance deal, all right, now all of a sudden they got two picks in round three. What do you do? What direction do you go? They signed a cornerback in Ward, who is very good. Now what do you do? What do you end up doing if you are the 49ers? What direction do you go? All right. How about offensive line? You lost a very good guard. What about center? You have, uh, again, I think a concern on the offensive line right now. I think that's an area that the 49ers will try to build in the draft. All right. Again, because of the land steal, they are shallow at the top of the draft uh, in terms of picks. So, again, if you want to talk NFL draft, we can do it. Uh, again, I invite you to go to Chris Landry, LandryFootball.com. Uh, he was very good today, and we talked a little bit uh, about the draft. All right, let's get to some more phone calls, and we say hello to uh, Jeff on this Friday. Hey, Jeff, how are you today? Good, Grant. How are you? I'm good. What's happening? Hey, uh, not to digress, but uh, I had a thought. Hey, uh, when Ben Simmons was traded for Harden, didn't he have to go through a physical for the NBA to – Agree to you know uh, approve the trade. Yeah, they they waive the phys. They no, not if the team waives the physical. Oh, uh, I wonder if he did have one. Yeah, I wonder if he did have one, and you know, or if they waived it. I don't know. I was just thinking, if he passed the physical for a trade, and he hasn't been playing. That's your, that's your, uh, you know, not right. Not you know, not only that, they got Drummond, and they also got uh, Seth Curry in that deal. So you know, it wasn't just, and I think Seth Curry could be very large. Uh, for Brooklyn. But uh, yeah, a lot of times teams will waive uh, a physical in that particular instance. I, I would have given them, I would have given them a physical and I would have also given them a, a psychiatric evalu evaluation. And I'm serious. Well, I really would have. I'm not, I'm well, not exaggerating. Of course. My, my thought though, he's trying to sue for $20 million. And then if he passed that physical, he's got no, no grounds. I don't know what, again, I'm not going to be an attorney here and tell you what grounds he has or he doesn't. Common sense tells me that if somebody doesn't want to go to work, common sense tells me if somebody says, I'm not going to go report, common sense tells me if he doesn't go to training camp, common sense tells me he finally shows up and then finally practices, okay, with, uh, with a phone in the back of his sweatpants playing at about half speed 
and the coach has to kick you out of practice and you don't play in any games and you're disinterested, common sense tells me that the 20 million that the team took from you because you weren't working, you're not entitled to re receive that money back. That's common sense. Oh, I, I absolutely agree with you. Absolutely agree. All right. Well, I, I just, you know, but, I had that thought and I thought, huh, uh, you know, it just it just doesn't all make sense because I see they were interviewing Kevin Durant and basically they were asking Kevin if, you know, you look forward to him coming back and he says, you know what, I'm not even thinking about it. You know, I don't I don't even I'm not even I don't even want to talk about it. Well, how about that? How about James Harden? If you remember, Harden had missed like four games leading up to the trade deadline with a quote unquote sore hamstring. Uh, and he's had some hamstring issues. Did Philadelphia give him a physical? I don't think so. Oh yeah, I don't, I don't think so either. I think he was milking that hamstring just like when he was in Houston. Yeah, again, I, I, I think Brooklyn is going to end up making out on this deal. I think not having Harden is a plus. And again, if big if, if Ben Simmons ever gets on the court, he'll help out that team because he's such a good defender. I mean, that, that, that's that's undeniable. He's one of the very best defenders in the NBA. He can neutralize your best score. So, I mean, if he can get on the court, that could be a big help for the Nets. Right, right. He just can't shoot a free throw or make a layup. <laughs> then that, and you can't have him on the floor at the end of the games because of that. How can you have him on the floor if the guy can't make a free throw? I mean, I could take any fan out randomly, all right, and have them come out onto the court from 15 feet away, probably put a blindfold on them, and they'd have a better chance of hitting their free throws than Ben Simmons. You know what? You want to hear a quick funny story about free throws? Yes. Well, here's my wife, Kelly, that she uh, – I just introduced her to you, and she likes your show, and she totally supports you now when I told her your story. But she's Thank you. But standing here. You're on speakerphone. But anyways, uh, back in the day, I don't know what years. 26 years ago, the old Arco Arena, uh, when they had the uh, in the mezzanine where they you can shoot a free throw and win a T-shirt. Okay, well here I am yeah. trying uh -huh. to make a damn free yep. throw to get a T-shirt for us, and I miss. And here she is, she steps up, six months pregnant with our daughter, and swishes it. <laughs> Gotta love that. Hey. And, and, and you felt like, oh, my God, right? How embarrassed were you that you can't make a free throw and your, your wife who's six-month pregnant steps right up and swish? I love that. I love that. I love and that. She, said, she just said, pick out your T-shirt, honey. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I agree. The only, thing, the, only thing that, the only thing that could make that story better is if you told me you still had that T-shirt from 26 years ago, which I hope you don't. I don't, I don't think so. We got a picture of it, though. When, we, oh, yeah. when, I okay. won, when I won it, we got a picture of me wearing it, and she'll never let me forget the story. I love it. That's great stuff. <laughs> right. That's funny. All right. All right. Have a good weekend. You too. Bye-bye. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Stress. We all have it to a degree, big, small, but I think you can agree we all carry around different stressors. Most of you know what I've gone through the last four years, complete career change, moving across the country, filing a lawsuit, being in the news often, dealing with all of that, trust me, has not been easy. And if you keep things bottled up, it can really have a negative impact on your life. Therapy is a safe space. You get things off your chest. You can figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills skills. You can set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. And you know what, folks? It's not just for those who have experienced major trauma. Hey, if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. 
It's online. It's easy, convenient, flexible, and it's suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. Switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Grant today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Grant. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right. All right. If you want to get in, you hit your hand icon, raise your hand. Uh, and we will do it. Uh, again, the NBA tonight with two games, no Paul George for the Clippers as uh, the Pelicans take on the Clips, and you have Atlanta at Cleveland as the number one teams in their respective conferences are waiting to see who they are going to play. All right, why don't we get to uh, Alfred, and uh, we've got a couple of people that want to talk. Al, how are you? Nate. I'm just a dog eat dog world. I'm wearing milk bone underwear. Well, I don't know if I need to know that, but anyway, I hope you're doing well. Thanks for calling the show. I know. I'm just, I'm just going off. I stole that line from Norm on Cheers. <laughs> I got you. Enjoyed the conversation with the. I didn't. I was going to try to call back yesterday when Sarah was on, but I, I was at work, kind of some in between work and balancing it out. Oh, looks like Sarah. Well, I'll tell you what. She she's on right now, so you can talk to her because you're both on. Sarah, how are you this uh, evening? I'm doing excellent. How are you guys doing today? I'm doing good. So hey. uh, there you go, Al. Go ahead. Now you you got your wish. Oh. Go ahead. Hey, Sarah. <laughs> I, I heard hey, you. Alfred, how you doing? All right. How are you doing? Not too bad. Yeah, I know you've been asking about me for a couple weeks there, and I just finally thought I'd chime in live instead of telling Grant one on one. So I figured we'd just do this on on the show. And thank you for calling, man. I was just finally, and by the way, uh, I was just, my thought was when he mentioned that he, he knew you, he had a transgender friend, and I was just wondering how you felt about the, the Leah Thomas situation. So, but I'm glad you called and, you know, sometimes, you know, I have friends who listen to Grant, but they get a little intimidated calling him, but, you know, he's a good guy and, you know, we got to get support about, uh, yeah, I just wanted to hear your feedback on, and I heard your your conversation with Grant, and you know, I it's uh, and they sh- you got transgender people certainly should be able to compete, like you said. I don't know, we don't know what the answer is. The head start, I kind of think it'd just be have your own category, right. myself, because that way you won't have to deal with any any pushback because you'd be in your own category because for me sarah you know you have the, the the pga and the lpga you got the nba and the wba but you know certainly transgender people and i'm so glad to hear you're happy now and and the, and the difficulty you went through making that that choice i can only imagine how hard it was and you know i just think uh maybe a separate you know, category. What, what are your thoughts? 
You know, I, I try to see everything on both sides of the coin here, um, you know, when it comes to, uh, not to get too political, but when it comes to stuff like this, I'm more in the center. I try to be understanding on both sides. Um, you know, I, I, I felt that I wanted to uh, be a woman since I was a child, but I didn't start transitioning uh, until 2009. That's when I really started to feel more comfortable right. and everything, but... Um, you know, I, I understand your point of view, but at the same time being transgendered, I can also understand where the where where the competitors are coming from too. You know, they kind of want to feel like, you know, they want to be the opposite, you know, sex. Obviously, it's a lot easier for a uh, woman to become a man and compete because of the uh, bone structure and the muscle mass and all that stuff. So I I think. You know, right. like Leah Thomas and uh, Renee Richards, the tennis player of the seventies. I'm sure you remember her. She went through the she went through the exact same right. thing. Yeah. Uh, you know, I wasn't I wasn't really. It was right around when I was born when she. Um, because I'm I'm 48, but I was you know I was too young to remember all that what happened. But remember seeing the documentary and stuff like that. I remember she had to go through the same thing that where people were just like, hey. You've got bigger bone structure, you've got bigger muscle mass, it's not fair. And so for me, it, it's like, where, where can it be fair? And then I guess that's where the difficult part, of, part is, to where everybody can be happy. And I and for me, that's what I think is, is most important. And, you know, one last, and one last thing, you know, I, I'm not trying to hijack a conversation, but... yeah. But, you know, like I said before, I think if, if somebody is able oh, no. to transition young enough to where they are actually going through puberty at the same time uh, that they are uh, transitioning, then I'm kind of wondering if maybe the, the man, that, the boy that becomes a girl, I wonder if it would be more fair in that, in that regard. And then maybe those uh, transgender women would actually be able to compete if you get what I'm if you get what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I do, and you know it's funny. And then to speak of Renee Richards, because you know I'm 64, I watched right. her, and I was probably about Nate's a year younger than me, and I think it was in the 70s. Mm -hmm. So you know, Tolova and all those other girls who played. But you know, here's the thing of that course. it's a bit hypocritical because. She transitioned, but she didn't do much of anything. She she didn't she she couldn't she she competed on the tour, but I don't recall her having a lot of success, as opposed to like Leah Thomas, who's just blowing kids away. Now it's, it's professional tennis; it's not amateur swimming, but you know maybe there wasn't as much of an uproar because if Leah Thomas winning all these championships, nobody would be saying anything. Does that yeah, make sense? Sorry, go ahead. Does that make sense? I mean, I don't think Renee Richards really had a lot of success on the tour. So maybe there's a little hypocrisy because, hey, we don't have a problem with it if as long as you're not winning. No, but I just remember that uh, she kind of transitioned later in life. And, and obviously she had the male bone structure for a very right. long time. And she just wanted to play tennis. But I remember that they, I remember seeing the, a documentary about how they made a big hoopla out of it that they right. didn't want her to compete anymore no because even though she wasn't as successful as the Martina or some or Chris Everett, whatever, she still was a very uh, powerful woman, trans well, transgendered woman because of 
the the unfairness, and I think that's where uh, I was making the comparison. If if you get what I'm trying to say. Oh yeah. Oh, absolutely. I didn't mean that anyway. I, oh, she's an inspiration and a force right. to to step up and, yeah. and and like you pointed out, Jackie Robson. I mean, you know, just get you dealing with twice as much stress and pressure as anybody else on a normal level. And you know, I just was thinking in terms of you know. It just seems like, you know, the level of success that somebody has, but she was, uh, you know, it was a big thing back then. And, you know, and it's, uh, but congrats. And, and you said, I think what really hit me, you said, you know, I'm happy in my life for the first time. And, you know, good for you. You know, it's just, I don't know the answer to the transgender. I'm not a, a neurologist or an anatomist as far as all that goes. So I wouldn't know the answer, but you know, to do what makes you happy, you know, instead of sit living your life, you know, uh, hiding. So good for you, congratulations, and keep keep going. I mean, I I had my son who's 31. I found out just the last year he's 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 gay. So I, I kind of had to adjust to that. I accepted him. I was, but you know, he didn't let us let us know for. 30 years so i don't know if that part was you was know, nervous about talking about it but it's not quite the same level as a transgender but you know it was something that i had to adjust to as well over the past year so good for you it's nice hearing from you i don't know the answer but i do know that folks should be able as the grant said to compete in their in their passion in their sport they should be able to enjoy their passion like everybody else Oh yeah, I I fully agree, and and you know yes, uh, I am. This does make me very happy. I, it, it was a long time coming. I think at the end of the day, like Grant keeps saying, we're all. It, it, it's not uh, the color of our skin or our sexuality. I think two things are important. Number one, that uh, as long as the person is comfortable, and that, and also number two, that the person that is uncomfortable doesn't make the other people uncomfortable, you know, you try not to push it on anybody, you, you, you just want to live your life and, and let, you know, let everybody just live their life, but we got a short time on this planet and um, it just it just doesn't matter uh, at the end of the day because we're all human beings and, and I think that's what matters the most. That's a beautiful, that's a beautiful, you can't state it any better and, uh, you know, and, and, you know, keep going, we've seen that, you know, the actor, the actress Ellen Page, she she finally said, "Hey, I'm," which of course we, you know, me and Grant watched, you know, Bruce Jenner win the gold medal with the decathlon. Right. But you know, it kudos to someone to have the courage because otherwise, this like speaking of folks who just don't have, they can't. The pressure's too much, and then it gets to them internally, and then they do something drastic like take their life. It's just so unfortunate. It's just it's just right. it's just terrible to hear so i'm glad that you know with me and our you know our son situation i was kind of leery about the family because we have some you know very kind of conservative you know folks in the family but the family was very very gracious they were very accepting they even asked questions like when did you my son you know when did you know you were you know when did you have a suspicion so i was very very relieved that at least you know our immediate family and the friends that everybody was so accepting. I think Grant pointed to this, that he had his friend, his other friend, whose child was becoming, uh, you know, that there's 50 other kids who, you know, were considering it. So you're a brave person and, uh, you know, 
finding inspiration in Renee Richards and maybe Ellen Page, who was, who was an actress that went to you know, transgender and other folks, you know, don't, don't live being miserable. Try to just live your life. And if people don't accept you, well, you don't need them in their circle anyway. You know? Yeah, and, I'm, and I went through the same thing. I had very accepting family members, uh, my parents. Uh, a lot of other family members were, were very accepting of me. That made everything a lot easier. They just, my parents just wanted, you know, before my dad died, both of my parents, the only thing they wanted me to do was uh, to be happy. And, um, you know, even to this day, my grandmother, my mom, and other family members, they just want me to be happy. And, and uh, that's, that's really uh, made it a lot easier for me. You know what? You're a you're a courageous person. That's, that's all I'm saying. I, I, and I'm glad you you found happiness and you made the right choice. And enjoyed hearing your call calls and talking to this guy. We got to keep Grant up and running because he's I've been listening <laughs> to Grant, Grant for thirty years, and right. he he got uh, he lost his personal passion and his love for it not only for right. his 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 job, his career, his passion, his his livelihood. He loved, you know, so good for you and nice talking to you. I, I want tried to call back yesterday, but I'm kind of in between work sometimes at home, so I got stuck. But it's so nice talking to you. I feel the same way. It was great talking to you too. And like, like you said, yeah, that's one of the reasons why I wanted to call in and and uh, be supportive of Grant because. Uh, and I hope, and I'm glad you did, and I hope you keep calling and like, talking I, about I, I, and talking about other topics, you know. Yeah, you, you, people like you are making it very comfortable for me to call back. I just that really warms my heart and very uh, uh, comfortable for you. And um, I do have a couple thoughts uh, to talk about after we get done with our little roundtable here. When 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 Grant's done with you, I would like to chime in on a couple things. But uh, it was great talking to you too. Thank you. God bless you and uh, and happy Easter and and we'll be hearing from you. Have a good day. I'm going to sign off, Nick. Take All care right, of yourself, man. Have a good weekend, buddy. You too. All right, Sarah, that was great. I'm very happy that Al had that dialogue with you. And uh, that's great. I'm really happy. What else did you want to talk about today? Uh, just a couple of things. Uh, number one, happy Jackie Robinson Day. Speaking of yeah. uh, trying to get everybody getting along, everybody wearing 42. Just like in the movie, it's nice that that, uh, that everybody is wearing the same number, that nobody is dif differentiating between anybody, whether no matter what they look like. I just, I'd say it's a great day. Plus I got to see that Mets game. That was great to uh, see the revealing of uh, Tom Seaver's statue uh, outside the stadium there. That was great too. Uh, got to see the interview uh, with uh, Tom Seaver's daughter. That was nice. Um, just, a, just a couple more things. Um, I was gonna ask you about a, a football question, but the first yeah. the other thing I wanted to say too, uh, last thing I wanted to say about the Masters, you said last week, you can't think of anybody that might have been as uh, that moved the needle quite as much as uh, Tiger Woods. And I was just thinking, I think the last person that really moved the needle, I, I don't know what you think, but I, I would say Andre Agassi of tennis. I mean, he, 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 he had the look for the women. He moved the needle for men. And it was just one person, even though tennis, uh, had it following, like, you know, Jim Courier and Jimmy Connors, stuff like that. But I really think, especially for me, it wasn't until Andre Agassi came onto the scene to where when uh, tennis really moved my needle to want to watch tennis more often. Yeah, you, you know, uh, yeah, uh, yes, except for I'm going to, uh, 
even though Pete Sampras was Andre Agassi's biggest rival and Pete was kind of um, criticized for not having personality and everything, but Pete obviously was one of the great tennis players in the history of the sport. Andre came and had his flamboyancy, had the long hair, uh, you know, he wore different, uh, you know, tennis uh, outfits when he played. So, yeah, he he was instrumental. I don't know if I would put him in the same category as Tiger, but that is a good one. Uh, he he was kind of unique, uh, but he played in an era with Pete Sampras. And that's what I remember the most. You know, I had the pleasure of playing tennis against Andre Agassi at Arco Arena one night. It was one of the most amazing things that I experienced. But, um, yeah, you know, it, that's interesting. I, I wouldn't put him in the same category as Tiger, but yeah, I mean, he, he did, he brought a lot of people to the sport. There's no question about that. No, no, you're right. I mean, when it comes to uh, 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 being um, successful, no, and Andre Agassi was definitely not Tiger Woods. I just meant as far as, uh, you know, uh, ratings wise, I think yeah. uh, for me, when it, when you look at all the sports in the last um, 30 years or so, I think Andre Agassi, uh, would be the the person before Tiger Woods that really brought uh, the ratings yep. up a little bit. So there's no question. Yep. Hey, listen. I hope you have a great weekend. It oh, was great hearing oh, from what, you. Oh, yeah. One, one more thing. Go ahead. I was gonna. Ask, I was just gonna ask you about uh, Debo Samuel. What do you think is going on here? I mean, you hear these stories about him uh, unfollowing everybody online on on social media, yep. and, and I'm really trying to get worried if. If the 49ers lose as uh, Debo Samuel, I mean, don't you think that's going to be detrimental to the team? Yeah, they're not going to lose him. I understand what you're saying. It would be a little bit of a concern, but he's seeing all of the other receivers getting their big money, and he's like, okay, you know, it's now my turn. I mean, he was as valuable as any player in the National Football League, particularly in the second half of the season. So. You know, the, the the Niners have to figure that out. There's no question about that. They got to figure out how to make Debo Samuel happy, and they will. He's too valuable. He's too valuable. I sure hope so, because I don't want to lose. I hope they don't trade him, because I know that's the talk too. That the uh, even the 49ers, like on, on the um uh, um uh, on podcast, they're even talking about uh, trading him, and that's just I just think that would be not going to happen. They're not. They can't. I, they can't trade him. He's too. He means too much to the team. All right, that's all I have for all you right. today. Have, have a great weekend. Come in and, yep, you too, again. I really appreciate it, Sarah. Take care. Really enjoy your phone call. Hey, if you want to come on the program today, all you got to do is hit your hand icon, uh, raise your hand. My thanks to Al. Uh, my thanks to Sarah. That was a really good roundtable uh, conversation. If you want to talk about uh, what's going on in the world of sports, if you want to comment on anything that uh, Al said or Sarah said, we can do that. I'm, I, I said this, and Sarah was bringing this up, I don't recall, I'm 62, I can't think of an athlete who has done more for their popularity of their sport than Tiger Woods has done for golf. Now, you might say, what about Magic Johnson and Larry Bird? And I would say, yeah, but that's two people, okay? That's two individuals. They both did it when a league was in a real, real downward spiral when those guys came in. So Tiger did it as an individual, in an individual sport, and pretty much did it by himself, all right? So I'm trying to think, am I missing anybody? I mean, Wayne Gretzky was huge for the National Hockey League, 
but the great one played in Edmonton and it really wasn't until he got to Los Angeles that hockey expanded into the Sun Belt of the United States. And, and, and Gretzky was phenomenal. Where did he win? Four cups in Edmonton before he got to L.A. But you think about what Tiger Woods did for the sport, how many people started playing golf because of Tiger. The TV ratings in events that Tiger played and the TV ratings in the events that Tiger did not play were night and day. So I, I can't think of an athlete. I really can't. I can't think of another athlete that has moved the needle the way Tiger Woods has throughout his career in golf. I, I can't. And I know we're talking about an individual sport, which is different, obviously, than a team sport. But I, I just I can't think of anyone that became must-see TV whenever he was playing. Right? I mean, as great as Jack Nicholas was, and he was great, you had Arnold Palmer, you had Tom Watson. You know, with Tiger, yeah, you had some other really good golfers, but did they move the needle? Did they? Jordan Spieth moved the needle? Not like Tiger. Correct? Phil Mickelson moved the needle. Phil was a guy that did, but not, not as much as Tiger. But if Phil was on the leaderboard on a Sunday of a major, ratings went through the roof. But Tiger ratings went, he could be playing in a tournament in Doral and the ratings are sky high. All right. He could be playing at Torrey Pines and the ratings are through the roof. All right. He could be playing at the Bob Hope and the ratings are through the roof. Who else can you say that about? Seriously. Who else can you say that about in professional sports? Am I missing somebody? I'm. Would you say Chris Ebert in women's tennis? Of course, her big rival was Martina Navratilova, and they played together all the time. I should say against one another. But who would you pick in in another sport where when they played? You know, when McEnroe played Borg, it was must-see tennis, but that's two individuals, not one. Baseball? I mean, which baseball player are you going to pick? Right? I don't think you could compare that to Tiger Woods. So I just think the guy's been in a class by himself in terms of what he meant for the sport. I mean, what he meant for a sport and the ratings, and everything else. Pretty freaking remarkable, isn't it? And think about the ratings last week. And now, I want you to think about this. When Tiger Woods plays in the US Open, okay, once again, if he makes the cut, and he's relevant, the ratings are going to be sky freaking high. Any tournament that he plays in for the rest of his career, doesn't matter whether it's a major or it's a tune-up. Any event that he's in, the ratings are going to be humongous. So that leads me to the next question. What's going to happen to the sport of golf 
when Tiger doesn't play anymore. There will come a day when he doesn't play anymore. Then what? What happens to that sport? What happens to golf? Is there another phenom that's up and coming? I, I, do you think there is? Is there, a, is there someone with that type of personality that's going to carry the sport the way Tiger has? I don't think so. But again, I just think the guys, there's been no one, not in my lifetime, that I can compare Tiger Woods to. I think he's done more for his sport than any other individual in any other sport in this country. Now, you might want to say, well, wait a minute. What about Olympics? What about a Michael Phelps in swimming? Well, yeah, he, he, he but, but that's once every four years. Nobody in this country gives a damn about swimming in non-Olympic years. Nobody's watching swimming in non-Olympic years, okay? You might want to say, well, gee, what about Usain Bolt from Jamaica and what he did for track and field? Yeah, but you know what? In this country, people only watch Bolt in the Olympics. No one's watching Usain Bolt play excuse me, run the 100 or whatever in non-Olympic years. All right, you could, you could pick any track and field out. You can pick Carl Lewis. You can pick anyone you want, okay? You could go to boxing and say no one did more for a sport of boxing than Muhammad Ali. And I would say, what about when Mike Tyson boxed? Wasn't Mike Tyson must-see TV? Didn't Mike Tyson move the needle? I mean, we know Muhammad Ali did in an era before cell phones, social media, the internet. But, I mean, I remember as a kid when Muhammad Ali was fighting Joe Frazier for the first time, and I was in sixth grade, and every kid on the playground was talking about the fight. Girls and boys. Everyone was talking about it. And it was on closed-circuit TV, okay? And it was, I mean, think about this. You had third, fourth, fifth, sixth graders hanging out at lunchtime on the playground talking about Frazier Ali. Boys and girls. I'll never forget it. Now, you talk about an individual that moved the needle in their sport. But before, you had, before Ali, you had Joe Lewis, correct? Then you had Sugar Ray Leonard come, and you had Marvin Hagler come, and you had Roberto Duran, and you had Thomas Hitman Hearns. So, I mean, Ali was pretty much in a class by himself, but Joe Frazier certainly attracted a hell of a lot of people to the sport. Mike Tyson clearly moved the needle when he was boxing. But would you say, would you put Mike Tyson ahead of Muhammad Ali? I sure wouldn't because Ali had a presence all over the world. I mean, Muhammad Ali was famous in all corners of the, of the earth, right? I wouldn't say the same true about Mike Tyson. Not like Ali. So... I just think when you analyze, when you look at sports, when you look at somebody like Tiger Woods and what he has done for a sport, think about how many people started taking up golf because of Tiger. And I will tell you that when I started doing the NBA, very few guys took up golf. It was extremely rare. Now, I see NBA players playing golf all the time and they're addicted to it. I mean, Vince Carter and Garrett Temple on off days would be playing every single day, and it wouldn't even matter what the weather was. You know, when Garrett Temple and Vince Carter were on the Kings, they played golf almost every single off day. They would get done with practice, and they would literally have a car waiting for them, and if they only could play nine holes, they would play nine holes. But they did it every day. 
Didn't matter where we were. You know, now obviously if there was snow on the ground, they weren't playing golf, but they'd be going out and playing when it was 40 degrees. They didn't care. They were playing all the time. They were playing all the time. It was amazing how many other guys played. All right, let's get to Alfred. Alfred, you're on with Grant Napier. Go ahead, Alfred. Hey, Nape, I'm sorry about the uh, that repeat call, but I yeah. just was thinking, how about Babe Ruth, man? I mean, you know, before Babe, I know it's in the 20s. We're going back a ways, but the home run Baker was the was the guy before the Babe, and his yep. all-time seasonal record was about 13. And Babe comes out of nowhere and hits yep. 50-something. So I love your example with Muhammad Ali. And uh, and and um, I think Babe has to yep. be someone who just changed the game. I mean, think about it. Now, 13 home runs, I think, for a home run Baker. And then Babe comes in in a yep. dead ball era and hits 50-something and hits 714 for his career. And he won Great 20 one. games. Yeah. You know what? That's a good one. And I, I probably should have brought up, babe, it's, I don't normally talk about before I was born because I don't have a perspective on it. Right. But yes, obviously. But no, but I mean, yes, Babe Ruth, babe, babe Ruth definitely would be one. There's no question about that. That's a good job on your part, Al. That's a good oh, one. Thank you. I, know, I, I usually try not to call you back on the same day, but uh, I was just thinking of Babe. It's a fun conversation. I love, I think Ali, though. I, I got to yeah. go with Ali, even over Tiger. I know golf yeah. is an international game, but Ali, man, he was global. He was like an ambassador. And then he went through yes, his, he, uh, he got, you know, <clears throat> he couldn't fight for a couple of years because he refused to go to the draft. And so the African-American community, just everybody embraced him. I mean, every level. Talking The kids talk about that fight. I remember talking about that fight. Yeah. And I was thinking sixth or seventh. I'm a year older than you. And, my, yeah. and I had to go. I went to bed because we're. And my dad woke me up in the middle of the night and said, hey, uh, Joe Frazier won, won the fight. Yeah. I go, yeah. oh, my God, because you know what? I kind of liked Joe Frazier. I was kind of a Joe Frazier kind of fan. I didn't, as a kid back then, I thought Eric, Ali was kind of kind of arrogant. But, I, didn't, you know, oh, what a beautiful fighter. He was so graceful. And I just think he was like a like an ambassador to, to or a global name. You know, and where you're in any country, Africa or you know, you, you know Muhammad Ali. Al, that's a good one, man. I appreciate you calling. Have a good weekend. All right. Down goes Frazier. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. See you, buddy. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, I'll never forget that. I'll never forget us talking about boxing when we were, you know, 11 and 12 years old. Everyone was talking about it. Teachers were talking about it. Boys were talking about it. The girls were talking about it. I mean, Ali Frazier, that first fight at Madison Square Garden on closed circuit. And, you know, as Al said, it was started late. So I, I believe that I was listening to that fight with my father. I don't remember it vividly, but I believe we were listening to it on radio, if I'm not mistaken. You know, and again, I don't, I, I, I don't remember, but I do I can remember when I was three years old and I'm watching Y.A. Tittle throw to Del Schaffner, but I can't remember what I was doing when I was 12 when Ali was fighting Frazier. I believe we were listening to it on radio, you know, but I'll never – the buildup for that fight was unlike anything. I mean, that buildup for that fight was just unbelievable. Everyone got caught up in that. Everyone. I mean, everyone was talking about that fight.
that's when boxing was, I mean, there was nothing like a championship fight back in that era. Nothing. And then you had, you know, when George Foreman, you had Norton, you had, uh, I remember when, I'll never forget when Ali fought Jerry Quarry. And we were talking about that in school and we were, but, but seriously, that era of boxing back then, Ali, Frazier, you know, then George Foreman. I mean, that was unbelievable. That really was. That was absolutely an incredible era in the sport of boxing. We'll never have anything like that again. No, not, not a chance. And Muhammad Ali, as Al said, was an absolute global figure. Look at, look at his funeral when he died a couple of years ago, the scene in Louisville. I mean, that tells you all you need to know about Ali. Ali was godlike. I mean, absolutely godlike. It, it, just incredible. And I was blessed to be, you know, in an environment what I mean in environment, old enough to appreciate how great that era of that sport was. And I remember Olympic boxing. I remember watching when Sugar Ray Leonard was an Olympian. That was huge. Everyone knew Sugar Ray Leonard. And he put on a show in the Olympics. And that's when Olympic boxing was like huge. I mean, that was like you could not miss the Olympic boxing. You got Sugar Ray Leonard. I mean, and everyone knew who Sugar Ray Leonard was. That's when boxing was just a big, big time sport. Now boxing is, I, I don't know about you. I don't know if I could name, I don't think I could name two professional boxers right now or more than three. Back then, you knew all the, you knew them all. You knew who the heavyweights were. Everybody knew Ali, Frazier, Norton, Foreman, right? Quarry, you know, everyone knew. Duran, Hagler, Hearns, Sugar Ray, right? You could name them like easy. Who name me name me five boxers today? Go ahead. Name me any name me five boxers, period. Doesn't matter what division they're in. Can you name them? I bet you can't. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. I, I can't. I'm being very open and honest with you. I, I, I'm in sports. That's my life. That's my job. I can't name five boxers. But back then in that era, you kidding me? I mean, you could name probably 15 or 20. Now, can you even name two boxers or three? Can you name the top three Heavyweight contenders, the champion and the two top contenders. Can you? I can't. I can't. 
Back then, though, you could. And it didn't matter how old you were. It didn't matter if you were a boy or a girl. We were all talking about it. We were all talking about it on the playground all the time. And it was big time. The next day after that fight, oh, boy. I mean, and then when you could watch it, when it finally came on TV and you could watch it, it was unbelievable. Even though you knew the results and you know everything that happened, you couldn't wait to watch it. You know, the buildup into the first fight between Ali and Frazier. Boy, that was, that was one of the biggest, most amazing sporting events that I've ever been around to a point of the buildup. Everyone was talking about that. Everybody. I'll never, ever forget it. All right. Hey, uh, Monday, I'm going to be on at 10 in the morning Pacific on Larry Kruger's YouTube channel live. I'll put a link out on my Twitter account. So we're going to do that Monday morning at 10 a.m. Pacific. And then I'll be back here at 3 p.m. Pacific on Monday. We're going to have a lot to talk about with uh, round one of the NBA playoffs going on and anything else uh, we will definitely do. All right. My thanks to Al today and Sarah. That was great conversation. My thanks to you for being with me all week. I hope you have a fabulous, fabulous weekend. Happy Easter. Enjoy the holiday weekend. And we'll talk to you Monday right here on Listen App. Grant Napier saying so long, everybody. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.